Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Car drops back to throw, steps up in the pocket, throws it deep for Renfro. Do your best. You let let your team down, let, let your organization, fans down. It, it hurts. You know, it breaks your heart. But you know, at the end of the day, nobody cares. You get back up and you keep going. You know, that's that's how we do it. That's how they did it, and here's how they're going to do it today. At some point between now and 4 p.m. Eastern, Derek Carr will be released by the Las Vegas Raiders. And from the moment, and even before the moment, and look, I, I'm not doing a victory lap here. I'm just reminding everyone of what we said yeah sure you said and i wrote about this as it was starting to fall apart right watch for them to bench Derek carr because that will be the sign that they're going to get rid of him before the 40.4 million in guarantees shifts from injury to full because if he gets injured in the last two games and can't pass a physical before February 15, all that money's guaranteed. They're on the hook for it. The moment they put him in bubble wrap and sent him home is the moment that they let us all know they were cutting him on or before February 15. Not on. Can't, to, please, Raiders, please. There's a small handful of teams capable of screwing this up historically. Now, they got a couple of Patriots running the show there now, so I doubt they're going to screw it up. Got to cut him today. He's got to be off the roster today or the money vest tomorrow. But, you know, in the interim, Chris, and I don't know whether, and, and I'm fascinated by this, and yeah. nobody else may care but me, but it's my it's my show, so I'm going to talk about it. I don't know whether others in the media business are either carrying water for the Raiders or have been for the past several weeks when they've been trying to scare up a trade market and we know who they are. Are they just dumb? naive do they not have the ability to see what's staring them right in the face are they hedging 
Oh, you never know. Maybe they will trade him. I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to risk being wrong. Oh, then I might be on freezing cold takes if I'm wrong. Oh, no. How will I ever survive if I get called out by old takes exposed? What will I ever do if somebody makes fun of me for being wrong? So I'm just not going to be right or wrong. I'm going to play both sides of it. And along the way, I may make some of the people I count on with the Raiders to give me information, you know, because, hey, five minutes before an announcement of a transaction is made, why not tell the world about it and create the impression I'm engaging in actual journalism? I'm probably going too far with this, but my point is some folks have been all over the place on this, and some folks have actually been pushing the idea that he's going to be traded. He was never going to be traded, ever, ever going to be traded. And at one point, I mean, it was so strong, it made me think, am I, am I the one who's missing something here? Of course they're cutting this guy. They're not going to let 40.4 million vest. They're not going to do it. No, I, I mean, uh, Mike, I think you've been all over it from the get-go. You know, I, I will say, like, I, I thought maybe there would be a chance they'd trade him just for these two reasons, right? I mean, I, I'm with you. I didn't really think it would happen, but I thought, like, maybe there was two things that could maybe give it a slight chance. One being, wait, maybe he won't find the same money on the open market. And I think the way we're looking right now, I would guess that he and his representation know they're going to make every bit the same money, if not more. So that's why they're saying, you know, we're not going to accept a trade or anything like that. The other thing I thought, too, is, you know, maybe some team does step up and trade for him because they just don't want him to hit the free market. And they go, well, wait, we, we you know, there's not that many. There's not that many options out there. We like we actually like you. So let's make that work. Right. And so I don't have to bid against another team or I can just have that, you know, a little cozy feeling of your mind and you're not a free agent visiting a bunch of other teams. Those are two things I at least looked at to go, well, maybe, maybe there's a team that just goes, wait, we want them and we'll do it. And it worked for Derek Carr. It made sense for him. But as we're seeing, I don't think that really has presented itself. And, you know, I think the, that time has come and gone. But see, I talked to enough people yeah. in the know yeah. to realize that Carr and his camp was well aware of the reality right. that if there is some team out there that would pay more, okay, I'll just go be a free agent. Yeah. I have all the control. That's I've got right. a no-trade clause. Yeah, right. You know, my, my first thought was when this, when this initially came up, oh, boy, Mark Davis, the owner of the team, is going to have to take a chance for a month that they work out a deal and the team doesn't renege on the deal, i.e. doesn't do to Josh McDaniels what Josh McDaniels did to the Colts five years ago. It's the yeah, ex exact right. same situation. Right. Non-binding agreement that you can walk away from at any time without consequence other than to your reputation. Some other team could have done that to them, even if they'd managed to convince Derek Carr to go along with it. But then the issue became convincing him to go along with it. And the one time in the past couple of weeks – where I thought, you know what, maybe they're crazy enough to just pick up the $40.4 million and trade him later. Maybe they think the market's going to be robust enough that they can wait a while longer. Right. Was when the report emerged that the Raiders had yet to give Derek Carr the ability to talk to other teams. Because it's like, you either have a plan or you're dumb. And I think they were just being dumb. They were being stubborn. My understanding was, and I was told by someone in the know at the time, they just want to control the process. They're obsessed with controlling the process. That's what the Patriot the way is all way. about. Right. From right. the perspective of the folks in charge of it, we control the process. And I think they realized too late, 
that their only chance, and we reported this last week after the Saints visit, because then there was one last chance. People say, well, maybe they're going to trade him to the Saints for a third-round pick. No, 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 no. It's too late. It's too late. If you were ever going to trade this guy, if you were ever going to convince him to go along with a trade, the moment the season ended, that's when you say to him, Derek Carr, you go meet with everyone you want to go meet with. Go meet with any team you want to meet with, and you work your deal, and you bring it back to us, and we'll trade you to that team. But see, here's the problem. The, it just makes it more obvious that why would I do that? Why would I, If there's any team out there that is going to pay me $40.4 million fully guaranteed, between my salary this year and into next year and give you something like a third round pick. Yeah. If I'm a free agent, they're going to pay me more. They would pay me more. That third round pick has a cash value. So even if we split the difference, I get 40.4 plus half the cash value of a third round pick. Good. Works for me. It's better for me. And maybe he does something like Deshaun Watson did. Maybe they work out some sort of a thing where there's four teams and they, they play it just right, and one of them freaks out and offers him a five-year fully guaranteed contract because they pissed off their current quarterback along the way. You don't know what's going to happen. It's always better to be a free agent than to get traded. It's always better. Somebody suggested at some point, and I can't remember who it was. But that, I don't know that I'm calling out anyway. I was just, okay, Somebody said, so, let, me, let me just yeah, add this one yeah. point. Somebody suggested that Derek Carr wants to be traded because it, it, he'll save face if he's traded. Then if he's, well, then he's stupid. He's stupid if he wants to be traded instead of being cut. He's stupid if he treats that as any type of a, of a knock on, on his body of work. Oh, I got cut. I wasn't traded. It's always better. As a player, it's always better to be cut than to be traded. Because if you're cut, that team that was going to trade for you is going to be the first team at the table along with maybe some others. Yeah, uh, agreed. Agreed. But, but, but I also think like to the example you're explaining is probably why they didn't just full-fledged say hey go find it maybe they were waiting for kind of what you're talking about maybe we can get two or three teams that are interested in them and we can actually get something for the guy but at the end of the day you're right it still was up to Derek Carr he had all I mean if he doesn't want to play for a team he's the quarterback nobody's gonna want to trade for him so he does have all the or if power he just doesn't want to be traded right I just don't want to be traded sure. I'm not waving my no trade clause hey hey Raiders, I'm telling you, I have all the power here. I'm going to refuse to waive this no trade clause, and you have to guarantee me forty point four million, and then f around and find out, see what happens. And Mark Davis wasn't going to do that. That was the key. He's not paying this guy another penny. So the order from on high has been all along: if we don't trade this guy, he's cut as of February fifteenth. And maybe all of this is just window dressing, so Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels can say to Mark Davis. At least we tried. We tried. We well, weren't able to do it. Instead I'm of sure. just saying, yeah. cut the cord, we at least tried. Oh, I'm sure they tried. I mean, you know, again, Dave Ziegler, McDaniels, I mean, you know, I'm not saying they're perfect here, but I think we would both agree they're pretty smart guys. And like you said, they've been from New England. They know how the world works there. I would imagine that's what they've been doing, trying – you know, kind of laying in the weeds, seeing if maybe some teams will come to them a little bit and, and create a market, you know. But, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you, you explained it right. And I don't know if their approach was exactly right. I don't know if their approach really mattered to what you're saying. I think this is one where Derek Carr and I'm sure his camp realized, wait, you know, there's more money to be had out there as far as, you know, hey, you can make $40 million and we could probably guarantee more money on top of that, let alone, hey, we can make this work and – you know, you're a free agent to where the team you go to doesn't have to trade away an asset that'll help you succeed maybe 
at your new team to get you. So I think when it's all you know, all said and done, yeah, I'm with you. He's going to get cut today. And it just seems like as of right now, I mean, the Saints are definitely the team that's in the leader house, right, Mike, as far as you know, the team you hear the most. I feel, you know, again, some of this market and, and wanting for, for Derek Carr I don't think is going to be maybe quite where he wants it quite yet because we got to wait for, you know, you know, one of the all-time greats to get out of a dark room for the next few days. And I think then start, some things might start to fall in place here. Well, two points there. First of all, and you always try to connect dots where the relationships are. We assume that past working relationship always means that there will be interest in a future working relationship. Sometimes it's like, nope, I've been there, done that, not interested in doing it again. The commanders, whose defensive coordinator is Jack Del Rio, who was the head coach during Derek Carr's best season of 2016 when he was an MVP candidate, they made it clear, as we know last week when we met with Ron Rivera on Wednesday, they're going with Sam Howe. They're not jumping into the go sign an expensive veteran quarterback thing. And now Todd Downing, who was the quarterback's coach during the best two years of Derek Carr's career, 2016 most particularly when he was an MVP candidate, 2017 was Del Rio's last year with the Raiders. Downing was the offensive coordinator that season. He is now the passing game coordinator of the Jets. And if that name sounds familiar, he's the guy who was arrested for DUI on the drive home after the Titans beat the Packers in November. The Titans didn't win another game all year after that, and uh, he was then relieved of his duties at the end of the season. But he's now the passing game coordinators of the Jets. So you've got relationship there between Downing and Carr, Chris, and the names we've heard all along for the Jets as veteran quarterbacks go, Rodgers, Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I know. They got relationships to everybody. Nathaniel Hackett to Rodgers, Downing to Carr, Sala to Garoppolo. It'll be interesting. They're going to be a player. We know that. I mean, they haven't hid from that, you know, headline at all. As far as Woody Johnson, the, the, the coaches, they're, they're, they're in the market for one of these quarterbacks. And we'll see. The Rodgers thing, of course, is interesting. Uh, but I know, you know, up here – Hey, yeah, I think Rodgers is the number one target. I, I I get a feel here in the New York area that people would be very happy with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, uh, just Derek Carr. I do. I, I get the sense that a lot of people are like, okay, we can ride with Derek Carr and go from there. Uh, and I, I I could see that certainly. You know, it, it's an interesting discussion decision. Garoppolo did play good before he got hurt this year, right? Uh, I mean, he's been a part of a Super Bowl football team and won some playoff games. I don't think ultimately his talent is as good as Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr is a pretty good athlete, pretty good arm. He, he didn't play great this year, but we've seen him play damn good football, and I would think he's definitely on that Jets' radar big time. Well, when Aaron Rodgers emerges from voluntary solitary confinement later this week, if he doesn't want to play for the Packers but does still want to play it looks like Jets and Raiders are the two options and there's at least some familiarity with the Jets with Nathaniel Hag yeah right see I'm almost surprised he didn't go into the dark room on Sunday so he wouldn't have to watch the Super Bowl and witness Patrick Mahomes pass him in the pantheon of all-time greats he wasn't (laughs) ahead of him already Patrick Mahomes is now all right let's go ahead and take a break some coaching news when this Tuesday edition of PFT Live continues right after this Eric Bieniemy's been tremendous for us, and I think is tremendous for the National Football League. And I'm 
hoping he has an opportunity to go somewhere and and uh, and you know do his thing where he, he can run the show and, and be Eric Bieniemy. Andy Reid talking about his offensive coordinator, who's been the coordinator for five years now with Patrick Mahomes. Five AFC Championship games at Arrowhead Stadium, three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl victories, and Eric Bannemi still can't get. It's not good enough, Mike. Coach. Not he good could. enough. Not good enough, Mike. He just he's, he's got to win seven Super Bowls and have the top offense in football for ten years in a row, and then maybe we'll think about him as a head coach. I mean, look at this resume. Like and then here, Mike. And you can say you can say it's Andy Reid. It's Andy Reid. Well, then how in the hell did Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy get head coaching? Well, exactly as right. Offensive coordinators right. for Andy Reid. Right. I mean, what do you think this is more Andy Reid than any of the coaches in San Francisco that have had Kyle Shanahan in front of them or McVeigh? I mean, do you think that well, th- th- those two guys are like, oh, you guys, you? I'm going to sit o- sit over here and drink pina coladas. You guys come up with the game plan. Yeah, that's what they're doing in San Francisco and L.A. They just. Again, the optics don't look right here. It's it's. it's I want to swear with the F word. It's insane. It's insane that he hasn't got a head coaching job. It doesn't look right. It's wrong. We've heard enough. We know we were spot on always, right? First off, he's part of the architect or architecture here of one of the most unique offenses we've ever seen and building it around a unique player that you're talking about as an all-time great, and I'm there with you, right? So that that's amazing. And I just I, I don't understand it. I really don't. It, and it does it bothers me to to my core. It really is a I, I don't understand it. I got a text over the weekend from Jason Fletcher, who now represents Eric Bieniemy. And usually, when I hear from folks, it's off the record. He was on the record. I mean, it just I think is an example of kind of the exasperation that maybe the Bieniemy camp is feeling. But Fletcher said that as of Super Bowl Sunday, going into the day, he had an outside shot. Of becoming the Colts head coach. That looks like it's not going to happen. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. If not, the Colts is the head coach. Back to the Chiefs as offensive coordinator. He's under consideration for the Ravens. OC job. Commanders as well. Maybe the Cardinals, depending upon how things shake out there. But as of right now, it appears, it appears that locked on to Jonathan Gannon as the head coach of the Cardinals. He interviewed with the team yesterday. And Shane Steichen declined to say whether he'll be the Colts' next head coach. He's the Eagles' offensive coordinator. There have been reports that Steichen is the guy in Indy. Gannon may be the guy in Arizona. Yeah. And it was weird. Gannon declined to talk to the media at very all after the game. And I don't think assistants are required to talk, but it was still odd that he didn't. It was. Well, yeah, it, it just it, it is odd. It is. I mean, we know how hot of a name he is. And then, you know, again, it's it's, it's kind of – You'd like to see guys, hey, stand in front, own own up to a little bit of what happened, right? I mean, again, it was a 24-14 lead, and you had a defense that was being talked about as one of the best defenses we've seen here in recent history, and they blew that lead, right? Right. So, yeah, I, I, it was a little odd, but the enemy thing is like the head-scratcher of head-scratchers. I, I just – I don't get it, and I think a lot of it, again, goes back to something that we were spot on from the get-go. He's not a politician. He's not always going to say exactly what the owner wants to hear, right, because he's going to go, wait, I, I'm the football coach, owner. You're just owning. You don't know, so I got to kind of tell you what I think here, and he's not a politi- po- politician that way. And we've seen with guys like that, you know, if you don't 
kiss the ass of the owner the right way, then you might not get the head coaching job. And and that's what I feel like is going on with Eric Bieniemy a little bit. I also think part of it, too, much like Tua Tagovailoa has become the name and the face of concussions for the NFL, Eric Bieniemy has become the guy where it's like, wait a minute, this guy can't get hired, and he's black, and the owners aren't hiring him in part because of that, right? Right. And so I feel like the owners are like, well, then I, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm not going to give in to the woke mob or whatever. You know, I'm not going to give in. I'm going to hold my ground because there's so many people out there saying you should hire the enemy. You should hire the enemy. I'm not going to let anyone tell me what to do. I still own this team. I still do what I want. I'll do what I want, as Cartman once said on South Park. I feel like that's what some owners at some level. It's a visceral thing. Where it's like, I'm not going to let you bully me. I'm going to do what I want to do. You're not going to push my decision making. You're not going to make me hire somebody just because you think, you out there, all these people that think Eric Bieniemy should get a shot. But he should get a shot. If Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy can graduate from offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs into a head coaching job, how in the hell does the guy who's been the coordinator for five years with Patrick Mahomes and had a great run of success, how does he not get an opportunity to go be a head coach of an NFL team? It's mind-boggling. No, I think, again, I think a little bit is like uh, goes into, well, it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I think that's the conversation a little bit. Then it's the, the politics. But I think, again, too, what I would look at more is, you know, Mike, what do you think? I think he he probably needs to make a lateral move and go be an offensive coordinator somewhere else. If his if his main goal is to be a head coach, I do think so. Maybe he has to go stand alone and go, look, I am pretty damn good. Look at what I'm here in Baltimore or I'm here in Washington and look at our offense. Yeah, Andy Reid taught me a lot, but look, I'm capable of doing it on my own here. And maybe that's what it's going to take to be a head coach. But, again, when you just kind of look at the guys that have been hired around football and – you know, it, it just doesn't make sense. That's all we're saying, especially with the offensive minds and what this guy's resume has, has been over the last few years. It takes us back to the point that Andy Reid was making. Eric Bandemi goes somewhere and runs the show, so there isn't a perception yes. that he's just right. second fiddle to Andy Reid, even though, again, that didn't keep Doug Peterson, who won a Super Bowl, by the way, or Matt Nagy, who was coach of the year in his first season with the Bears from becoming head coaches. So, Maybe that's the key. Go to Baltimore, go to D.C., go to Arizona if that opportunity arises, and and uh, prove yourself all over again. And we take a break. When we return, an unscheduled, unexpected, short edition of After Further Review, dun, where dun, for dun. change, we are going to wrap ourselves in the shield and defend the most controversial call from Super Bowl 57. We'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. 
That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. First of all, I do enjoy being around you. You are a lot of fun. It's a f- the Michael Florio. You make me laugh, Don Corleone. You <laughs> make me smile. I'm- That's why I think we're friends, because we both have that psycho element where we can snap for a few <laughs> seconds. I'm happy when I'm with you, except when you bring in that damn meat hook and clamp it just above my knee. Pummel me. Ow! Oh, damn, that hurt. The Vulcan oh, death grip. Like this. Ah, oh, there's the Vulcan death grip. <laughs> yeah, got him. Try doing that to Peter. Peter will slap you upside your head. <laughs> I don't want to do it to um, Peter. I really enjoy that, and I hope you do it all the time. <laughs> Won't you be my Valentine, Michael Florio? <laughs> I had I had the claw applied to my uh, just it's that spot right above the knee, yeah. right where the quadricep kind of hooks. It. I feel like if you just pinch a little bit, it'll just sever my leg. Yeah. So uh, anyway, thank you for not no doing problem. that more than three or four times last week. No problem, right. buddy. So we talked about this yesterday, and as I was traveling, one of the things I was able to do on a fairly regular basis, see what they're talking about on Twitter. Not that Twitter is a real place, but yeah, just what, what's the buzz out there? And I'm amazed by the number of people who are convinced that a holding penalty that occurred, that the player thereafter admitted he did it and thought maybe he'd get away with it, people are still pissed off that that flag was thrown. How many times have we said in a moment like that, why didn't they throw the flag? Why have they jammed the yellow hankies so deep into their pockets? Why is the final drive of the fourth quarter being treated differently than the first drive of the first quarter? Why are we calling these things? Why is there not consistency? And the inconsistency here is we're used to flags being stuffed in pockets now all of a sudden they make the call and people act like they shouldn't have it was holding what are they supposed to do and i heard somebody say yesterday well if they hadn't called that foul no one in kansas city would be upset well not if fox didn't show the replay of the jersey being tugged they wouldn't be upset but he pulled his jersey and he admits he pulled his jersey right there it's, He's it's, it's actually to ridiculous breaking free to the end zone. It, it's the world we're in right now that now the now the people who are watching our tv they, they know more than the guy that actually committed the crime too they're gonna tell oh, you actually didn't commit a crime i was watching at home from 2,000 miles you were only there and a part of it I, I was watching you didn't actually commit the crime i know more than you that's the world we live in right now it's insane Right? It, First, it is amazing. It's, it's amazing. amazing. And then in week 10, I mean, again, here's the one of the problems that we hit on yesterday. Week 10, this is pass interference 100 out of 100 times. 
You know, the NFL, they're partly to blame. But because Again, it's defensive holding. It is. It's defensive holding. And, and, we got to get, we got to be accurate, not right. passing. Exactly. Sorry. Sorry. Well, it's defensive holding, you know, a hundred out of a hundred times in week 10, week 12. We don't even question it. Yes, the playoffs, there's less penalties, so it's like all of a sudden a little more shocking. But here's the, here's two things that really, like, again, the number one really reason I heard that people were disappointed about the whole is that they were cheated out of another drive, which we, we don't right. change Super Bowl winners or the rules of the sport. So you can have four hours and 55 minutes of viewing pleasure instead of four hours and 51, okay? You like, spoil brat, like, crap right there. And then... It, my my other thing I would tell everybody then is, at the end of the Super Bowl, for now on, d- defensive coordinators, we don't really need you. We don't. We're just we're gonna play man to man. We're gonna tell all our guys to hold and grab, and we're just gonna go. Well, they don't call it in this moment. They're just we're not gonna call it. We don't need to come up with a game plan. Just man to man, hold them, guys. It's a big moment because we don't want flags on the field. That was the perfect play for that coverage. They knew what the Eagles were going to do. Bradbury was in a tough spot, and he didn't hold them once. He held them twice. In fact, I could argue it was holding and then pass interference. There was two penalties on the play. People are insane, and they, they got to back off. And I can't believe some of the reactions out there. I really can't, Mike. I really can't. But, and when you have one of the most influential voices in the country, not just sports but anywhere, LeBron James tweeted oh. this. His hand on his back had no effect on the route. The game was too damn good for that call to dictate the outcome at the end. Damn. By the way, I have no horse in the race. Just yeah. my professional opinion. The horse in the race is he wanted a better finish. That's the horse in the race. The neutral, I'm not rooting for the Chiefs. I'm not rooting for the Eagles. Observer just wants to have a memorable finish. That's why they're pissed. LeBron doesn't realize what his bias here is. His bias is... I wanted to be more entertained than I was. How dare you throw that flag and not give me the entertainment I wanted? A possibly missable field goal by Harrison Butker, followed by the Eagles having a chance to force overtime with three or win it with seven, just like the Steelers in Super Bowl 43 as they drove down the field. And I remember standing in Tampa Stadium, watching the end of that game, thinking, Wow, we may have the first overtime ever in Super Bowl history. And if somebody wins the toss and scores a field goal to win the Super Bowl, maybe they'll change that stupid rule that allows you to have a walk-off sudden-death winner. Of course, that came the next year. The Steelers scored the touchdown to win it. We all wanted that. That's where LeBron James is coming from. Okay, fine. But James Bradbury held the guy. What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Oh, boy, this is shaping up to be an exciting finish. We better not call any fouls that would undermine that. Right. Well, yeah, right. Even if they happen. There's two things here. It took Fox a while to get to the right replay. So, like, what LeBron's talking about is after the fact. Here's the hold right here. Now here's pass interference. And people go the hand on the back. He had two hands on both hips with grippy gloves. You don't have to grab. So there's holding. Boom. Jersey's pulled away. All right. So you, you and then when the other angle that LeBron's talking about that most people are looking at in social media, you know, again, to have like I would I would challenge somebody come over here at NBC and try to run by me. And as you run by me, I'm going to put my hands on your hips with two sticky gloves and see if you can run by me as fast. I, I bet you you can't. Right, so there's that, and there was the other tub double hand. So it was twice, and then here's the crazy thing. Okay, this is again 
where we're so into like recency bias and I know more. LeBron James, a week earlier, maybe Pete, maybe you could help me out here, 10 days earlier, got fouled at the end of a game that didn't get called and he threw a fit for three days. And he <laughs> and his teammate went and got the, the I, you might have saw this in the news, like Patrick Beverly went and got a yeah, saw, yeah. cameraman's <laughs> camera and showed the ref. You know, so so he wants to call in his big moment, but he doesn't want the Chiefs to when he's watching the game, and then and that's just again that's where we are as a country right now. Like I want this, but when it's not me, I don't give it to them. I want this game to continue to go the way I want it to go, and it's just like I don't know. It's just where are we? What are we talking about right now? That's I'm mean, it's insane. One last point that I forgot to mention yesterday, and I am not going to let myself forget to mention today. The ability to pull an NFL jersey when it is on a player over the shoulder pads, down across the torso, and whatever else, those jerseys, they are tight exactly. to the body. To they pull are not them loose. Right. There's no blousing. There's no there's no material that's None. just like, oh, I just accidentally grabbed it. What we often see is somebody gets a hand on that undershirt and it like stretches long. You'll see that from time to time. Remember the old jerseys in the NFL, they were tear away and these things are tight. When you are tugging hard enough to noticeably that's pull all you the jersey say, Mike, material right. away from the body, yes. you are pulling hard. Right. That is not a light little oops, I just grabbed that. That flouncy, floppy piece of your jersey that happened to hit my hand. You got that tacky glove on a jersey that is tight to a guy's body. And when that material comes away, there is force being applied. Yes. Real force. Uh, added to the end of the day, here is like the drop the mic moment. We have a guy that goes, yes, I shot and killed the person. I did. And we have the public <laughs> going, no, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't actually shoot and kill him. I know you said you did and you got the gun and all that, but I know better I was sitting at home on TV watching. I, th that's where we are. And that's it's like a microcosm of our country right now. It's insane. Boy, I could say one more thing before we go to break, but I I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to yeah, 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 here's look a yeah, here's the jerseys, this. Mike. Yeah. yeah, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> not quite the same as pulling the jersey, but it just shows you how tight they are to the body. They are tight. Players look want them that. skin tight. tight they don't want any look, extra material. Look what he's got to do to pull right. the jersey up. Look at that. Do you know how All even right. for a quarterback the jersey gets hard to squeeze into it. These jerseys are you you've felt them and players don't want extra material or cloth. They want to feel like everything's moving together. Since the all the Nike tight tight fit Under Armour stuff. So, all right, we got to go to break. Let's go. We do have to go to break. All right, when we return, we're going to remember a man who was dubbed the NFL's dirtiest, dirtiest player and liked it. Man. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. You know, a lot of people have talked about uh, delaying whips and things like this, but uh, I always thought we should have gotten points for that because I thought those were great athletic moves. But to be mobile and to be athletic like that, I think uh, I thought those were classical moves. But, you know, everyone accused me of this biting stuff, but you know, I've asked many, many people, if someone puts his fingers in your mouth in the field of combat, what, what are you going to do? After he'd uh, been traded around a bit, he ended up in Buffalo, and I was down to do the game for NBC. And Dobler's mother and father were there. 
About that time Conrad's father came over. You don't like my son, do you? Mr. Dobler, I said, I really have kind of put that behind me. I said, as a matter of fact, at practice today, I shook hands with Conrad. He said, you shook hands with my son? I said, yes. He said, count your fingers. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I, I remember getting that in the mail back in the days when it was a big deal. Every Thursday, the Sports Illustrated yeah, would show was. up. Right. Sometimes Friday. I was disappointed if it was Friday. Pro football's dirtiest player, Conrad Dobler, he reveled in it. When I wrote up our short little blurb yesterday about the passing of Conrad Dobler at the age of 72, it's like, man, you know, the guy the guy just died. I don't want to mention that he was regarded as the NFL's dirtiest player. And then I, I read that article from Paul Zimmerman. It's like, well... He kind of liked it. Kind of liked it. Right. He reveled in it. He reveled in it. It was part of the intimidation. And it ultimately came down to, he said, I was going to do anything I had to do to protect my quarterback. And those were the days where the quarterbacks really were in danger, where you only got in trouble if you flipped him upside down and crammed him into the turf head first. (laughs) Seriously. Joe Turkey Jones did with Terry Bradshaw. Anything else was fine. I mean, yeah, you had no to rules. really cross the line to even draw a foul. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, that's that's his reputation, and he he you know he wore it with pride. Uh, tough, physical, no nonsense guy. Hey, you're an offensive lineman. You're blocking defensive linemen. They're crazy. All right, he matched that craziness. I I, I Mike, of course, he was before my time. But where did I you know I learned of him from what? Tastes great. Come on, man. Tastes great. Less filling. That's right. (laughs) Right? That's where I was like, wait, who is this guy, mom and dad? Who's this big, mean, strong guy with a mustache? And, you know, those were the old, uh, what are they, Miller Lite? Tastes great. Less filling, right? That was uh, great commercials. But, yeah, that's how I learned of them, and I'm sorry to see him go. There goes our Bud Light deal. That's all right. Oh, it was Bud Light. Damn it. Sorry. Um. No, no, it was, it was, it was Miller Lite. Okay, that okay. was big. Right, uh, less right. filling tastes great, and he yeah. wasn't talking about opponents' fingers at the time either. <laughs> he was the original, as Pete pointed out, the original Tom Brady. Because this is a quote from Conrad Dobler: "In one game, I was called for tripping a guy who was standing up. Sure, I tried to trip him, but I didn't succeed. And attempted tripping is not." Illegal. If you may recall, a couple of weeks ago, Tom was whining about being fined for trying to trip Malik Hooker because he didn't succeed. He did that soccer hook slide and failed to trip Malik Hooker. So uh, Conrad Dobler and Tom Brady, more alike than you may have realized. But uh, still, in all seriousness, passed at the age of 72. He was a great player in his day, one of the great Cardinals during a time when the team wasn't very good. We extend our condolences to his family, friends, and teammates, and we'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. There's nothing you can really say to a a loved one in a a situation like that. Um, You know, you you joke around all the time and say that you want to be your brother in the biggest stage ever, but it's... um, it's a, it's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling. And that team, that, uh, that team had, had great leadership, great coaches. Obviously, at the, it came down to the end. And uh, we got all the respect in the world for those Eagles, man. But um, there's nothing really I could say to him other than I love him. And, uh, and, he, and he played a hell of a year, a hell of a season. Travis Kelsey, he and his brother Jason have a great podcast very close. They each had one ring already, so this was just the tiebreaker. Uh, but uh, look, tough spot for the family, 
Who do you root for? You know somebody's going to be very up, upset, and one of them's going to be very happy, and uh, that's how it worked out. Travis gets ring number two. Jason still has ring number one. Jason contemplating retirement. He's been thinking about it the past couple of years, and we were talking about this last week. It'd be great if they end up going in the Hall of Fame the same year, although I think they each deserve their own day, the more I consider that. Yeah, we'll that's have right. one Hall of Fame weekend where Travis is there and another one where Jason is there, and they can be the center of attention for the family on two separate occasions. All right, our draft for today, Super Bowl stock risers. Anyone whose stock has gone up as a result of Super Bowl 57, Chris, you're up. Well, I'm going to start with Big Red and Andy Reid. I, I think probably his stock went the highest here. He he went from Hall of Fame coach to you know special room in the Hall of Fame, like we've talked about a lot last week, right, the Deion Sanders conversation. That that's where, hey, Super Bowl coach, yeah, hey, he's in the Hall of Fame too. Whoa, I think now he's in, you know, that conversation for with greatest, you know, the greatest coaches of all time. What he's done in Philadelphia and Kansas City, what he's still in the midst of uh, accomplishing here, and then yes, to beat your old team, who I don't think anybody in the football universe didn't think that the old team was better than the team he was coaching, and to come up with a game plan to win that game, yeah, I think Andy Reid probably benefited the most. Yeah, I agree with you, and look, I mean, this is obvious, we've been talking about the guy the last two days, but Patrick Mahomes, yeah, the legend has grown. Same kind of thing. Two Super Bowl wins, right. much different than one. And we talked about the upper room a lot last week. They've got three guys on that team that would be in the upper room if and when there is one. Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. and Chris Jones think, might you know, be in there, too. People have been asking me, yeah. people have been asking me if Mahomes is a, is a first battle Hall of Famer, if he would retire today. Not that he would. Yes, he is. And he's, he's in that upper room today. Because we know, we've seen it, five years is long enough to see that kind of greatness. He's been that great that five years gets him in. Yeah, I uh, agreed. Uh, yeah, it's just another stratosphere. I think that's where, where we're at in this conversation. And, and that's where Mahomes and Andy Reid, you know, they went into NFL all-time great territory, you know, where they were just an NFL legend territory before this. Um, so I agree with you there. Man, the next one here, whew. You know, I'm going to go with the Chiefs O-line, okay? You know, they were the overlooked unit. I know they weren't totally overlooked by us. We, we again, I think the last two weeks, you know, we, 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 we tried to tell people, right, they, they, I think Kansas City can block this group. I think they can block them good enough to where they can't ruin the game. Not only did they do that, I mean, Mahomes was under pressure. That was one thing that jumped out watching the game back last night, maybe more than I realized originally. There was a little more pressure on him than I thought. But still, it wasn't to where it let it change the game. No sacks, and they ran the ball. And ran the ball very effective. I, I got to think they, they changed their stock in everybody's eyes. Next one for me, Kadarius Tony. We yeah. talked earlier that if mm -hmm. that play that went to Sky Moore had gone to him, he may have been the MVP. He had the touchdown catch. He had the 65-yard punt return, the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. He was a guy that I firmly believe when they traded for him, it was about next year. And that anything they got out of him this year would have been bonus, house money. So now he elevates, in my mind, into a guy who's going to be one of the top receivers for the Chiefs in 2023 and beyond at a very reasonable price for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll do one more round of a, the draft of the folks whose stock went up the most when PFT Live concludes right after this.
Oh, uh, look at that. Yeah, look how much you Glad cared about me. you didn't get me. hurt last week. Ah, uh, yeah, man. You I almost, didn't know what was going on. You almost I had a turnaround. You were Make, so concerned. Wow, thank you. I, yeah. Hey, yeah, thanks, three women there water. that just watched hey, me Jeff. and did the hey, same Jeff. thing. Hey, <laughs> Jeff, give me my water. We don't have that part here. Damn. Jeff uh, Adams walks over and hands me a water. All right, give me your pick. Give me your pick. Real quick. We each got to make a pick. Gosh, there's so many to, to choose from here. But I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. I mean, I think everybody saw that, of course, what he you know was capable of. Played the best game of his career, right? I got to give him credit for that. Stock went up in a big way. You know? Now, I wish he got everybody else got treated as fairly as he did, okay, uh, after a loss like that. Am I going to get a pick? Nah, All right, I'm going Greg Olson. Greg Olson, but 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 Greg, as fast as it goes up, it can come back down. Just ask Tony Romo. Stick to it. Keep going, even though Tom Brady's going to push you to number two eventually, and your pay is going to go from ten million down to three million. That's it for today. See you tomorrow. Bye. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.